Hello, St. Louis. This is your host, Brian Bisking, and this is the STL Leaders Podcast. Did you know that there are 2.8 million people that live in the St. Louis metro area? There are many business leaders inside of that population. I started this podcast to give those leaders a voice. I was raised by one of those leaders. My father is a small business owner in Edwardsville, Illinois, and I grew up watching him run his business and meeting many small business owners just like him. I knew as a kid that the impact that these leaders have in our community is instrumental. I have developed a great passion for learning from these leaders. The STL Leaders Podcast mission is to speak to these leaders and gain some insight into their vision for success and how they view leadership. Each episode is a view into their mindset, theory, and strategy of successful leadership. This podcast is brought to you by Synchrony HR, NWO IT Services, and Inbound Blend Digital Marketing. Hello, St. Louis. This is your host, Brian Bisking of STL Leaders. And today I have Jim Gable on the line. Jim is currently the CEO and president of Sotel Systems and chairman of NUSO. Sotel Systems is an industry-leading distributor of business class communications and networking equipment throughout the U.S. and Latin America for the past 39 years. Jim, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, for our listeners, uh, we met several years ago through networking. We were introduced somehow mm-hmm. through networking. I don't even remember who introduced us, and we've we've stayed in touch. And I think it just kind of goes back to the power of networking and how how small St. Louis can be from a from a community feel. So I'm I'm excited to to talk to you today about leadership. Yeah. Thanks again. And as everyone on your podcast, I'm sure is aware, you're uh, you're one of the best networkers in uh, Metro St. Louis. So. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you saying yeah. that. I try, I, I just try to, to get out there and meet as many people as I can. I, I find value in that. And then, you know, I get to meet great people like you along the way. So um, I appreciate it. Yeah, so no problem. I, I always kind of start this podcast trying to give our listeners a little bit of an insight on, on you and your organization and kind of how you got started. So um, you know, I know probably a little bit more about, you know, your organization than, than some of our listeners do. So why don't you tell the listeners uh, a little bit about you or your organization and how Sotel Systems really got started? Sure. Um, well, Sotel has actually been around a long time, since 1981. So we're we're heading quickly towards our 40th anniversary. Um, and the company began by uh, becoming one of the first, uh, before the whole green movement, um, Sotel was one of the first uh, companies, there was one in Texas, there was one in New York City that um, actually started recovering and remanufacturing uh, telecommunications equipment. And so that's that's been our bread and butter all these years. Obviously, things have changed as the world's gone to VOIP and the way we communicate um, and cloud is ruling the day now versus the old publicly switched telephone network. Um, but uh, before green was cool, we were green, Brian. We, we uh, you know, reuse is uh, the most effective uh, form of recycling because it's it's zero landfill. Um, and so in a nutshell, uh, at, at our core, what Sotel does is we take uh, IT equipment, telecommunications equipment. Um, if it still has value in the channel, if it doesn't have value, we'll e-cycle it. Um, but if it has value in the channel, we, we bring it in. We have about 30... Uh, bench uh, test technicians and and repair personnel, and we'll make it look and act like new. And um, once it's remanufactured and it looks and acts like new, um, we'll take that back out to the reseller channel and the people who install technology. 
Um, NUSO, where I'm the chairman, and there's a full executive team there, and it runs on its own. They're based out of uh, U-City. They're on Del Mar in the loop. Um, is, a, is a cloud communications, uh, th that's the replacement business for the publicly switched telephone network, the traditional AT&Ts. So they provide uh, cloud communications to businesses and uh, uh, through, through the technology that's available um, uh, via the platform that we've uh, put together and invested in. And that was a spin out of Sotel at the beginning of 2019. So they're on their own, they're selling service and Sotel uh, sells the hardware that makes communication work uh, inside the customer prem. Gotcha. Hope that makes sense. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. So how long have you been in leadership role um, at Sotel? And then I guess chairman of NUSO, you've been in there since 2019, it sounds like. Um, yeah. How long have you been in leadership at Sotel and how did you get to that spot? So I, I came up through the sales and marketing organization. I started working with uh, the founders, my, my, my old boss uh, in 1996. Um, in 2008, um, put together some private equity and was able to buy the founders out. And so uh, 12 years I've been in, in this post uh, uh, running, running Sotel and helping navigate it through, uh, through the big changes in technology and, and telecom. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of big changes, you know, um, we've obviously been through some big changes here in 2020 with, you know, the COVID pandemic. Talk to mm -hmm. our listeners and, and myself a little bit about how you've had to, you know, how you've led through this time. Obviously, I think it's, this time was crucial as a leader to, to really lead your organization. So can you talk to me a little bit about that and what you've done from a leadership standpoint? Sure. Um, you know, obviously, this was a huge curveball, I think, for all business leaders everywhere. And so, um, you know, if, I, if I'm if i proud of something, I, I, I believe it's our adaptability. Um, from a product perspective, we were fortunate um, because we sell a lot, of, uh, in, a lot of instruments and a lot of tech that makes work from home possible. You know, things like power over Ethernet devices, headsets. Um, by, by June of this year, we'd sold more headsets, uh, and these are telecommunications headsets, right? So attached to a computer, attached to a telephone, that, those type of headsets. Um, we'd sold more headsets by June than we had in, at any full year in our corporate history. Wow. And that's not hard to understand, right? Because of the, sure. the move home, everybody's working remote. They had stuff at work, right? But they didn't have stuff at home. And so it created a big spike in demand uh, back at the end of March. Uh, and, you know, to make things worse in our business, uh, if I can get specific for a moment, you know, the world sold out of headsets. The United States sold out of headsets. So uh, one of the challenges we had in uh, April, May, and into June was not only was there a pandemic going on and our customers couldn't get into buildings to do their installations, um, but the the manufacturers of these products were, were shut down, right? Yeah. So, with factories closed, there was no new stock coming in, and we were faced with the dilemma of having a, a, a large portion of the products we sell that were not going to be available. So um, uh, it, it's it's been challenging. Uh, you know, we're, we've always been kind of a nimble company, um, selling new products and remanufactured products. And so uh, I would I would say the number one thing we've done is just keep keep grinding every day and trying to make yeah. the most out of every opportunity. Yeah. Talk to me about your leadership styles, you know, from a from a leadership and as a leader of, you know, your organization there. What style of leadership do you have and kind of how did that develop? So I'm uh, I, I think 
that that's a broad question. Um, I, I think leadership styles, you know, have their origins or their genesis in people's natural personalities. Yep. Um, and in my case, uh, I would say the way that I prefer to lead is interpersonal communication. I, I like empowering people on a one-to-one -one basis. Um, and I like for all of my folks uh, in, in my organizations to have direct access to me. Um, that can be a slippery slope because you don't want your the rest of your executive team and middle management to feel like they're being usurped or people are going around them. And I certainly don't allow that, but um, sure. uh, I prefer to engage people one-to-one, -one, um, uh, do all the reinforcement, express gratitude, um, provide encouragement and coaching on a, on a one-to-one -one basis. So I, I think that's definitely my, my leadership style. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, I think I like the one-on-one, -on -one, you know, the personal communication there and the empowerment of the employees, I think is, yeah. is very important um, from a, from a leader. So I think that's, um, that's some good advice for, for our listeners. What qualities do you think you have as a leader? Um, Again, back to just kind of natural aptitude and personality and kind of because of, you know, who I am and where, how I was raised, that type of thing. I've um, I've always wanted to be uh, the, the guy, you know, help, helping direct the traffic. Um, I've, I've gravitated to that my entire career. And so um, I would say some of that's natural. Um, sure. And then the challenge comes in where, you know, some everyone has weaknesses, right? They have areas of where they're not strong. Um, so the challenge, I think, and the obligation of a leader is to, you know, make sure you're broadening your horizons, uh, personally so that, you know, I'm not strong. Uh, I, I don't like dealing with accounting issues as an example. Um, but obviously accounting is critical and you'd better, you'd better understand it and you'd better be looking at the numbers all the time. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, uh, you know, you evolve over time. And, and hopefully you, you have you make a conscious effort to diversify your skills and and one of the one of the main points of advice I could give is, is learn from others. Um, there's nothing new under the sun. There's a lot of right. great leaders in this community. There's a lot of great leaders uh, all over the place. And so if you can learn from them and take take tidbits and snippets away, uh, it's only going to make you better. Absolutely. One of the big reasons I started this podcast was for that exact reason. I think we have some fantastic leaders here in our community and we can all learn from them. Right. And so the, no point, of this, the point of this podcast was to give those leaders a voice, um, to give you a voice right. to, to share your, you know, your mindset and your leadership qualities with others so that they can pick up on those pieces and lead in their own own way. Um, so, you know, one thing I find interesting when it comes to leaders is how each leader motivates their certain their team, whether that's motivating their team during a pandemic to keep them motivated to do the job that's at hand or to motivate uh, outside of a pandemic. So how do you how do you motivate the team there at Sotel? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, and, and it's, again, kind of a, a little bit of a tricky question because individuals are all different. You know what what makes everyone uh, tick Absolutely. is different, different for everybody. Um, again, back to what I mentioned earlier, I, I try to be accessible and visible in the business. Um, people, uh, I, I believe psychologically, it's very comforting and reassuring when they, uh, when they have, uh, you know, guidance from the top, um, of, of the business and they understand, you know, I think it, it, I think it's again, comforting for them to know, Hey, the, you know, my boss is paying attention. Uh, you know, the ship is in some rough waters right now, but um, you know, 
there's he's still standing at the front front of the boat and and telling us which way we need to go um again back to my style of interpersonal communication you know uh i like to reassure people and uh and guide people and help people um primarily on a one-to-one -one basis yeah so let me ask you this when you think about um leaders in our community or maybe leaders that you have either read books about or you know um, listened about or learned about are there any mistakes do you think a leader can make or what's the biggest mistake that a leader can make as a, a leader of an organization i think the biggest mistake leaders make and this is a human foible it happens at all levels of society with all human beings regardless of their background gender uh it's the way all of us are is uh to get comfortable and and to uh to kind of set it on cruise control um you know the the former ceo of intel is a guy named andy grove and and in the late 90s one of the first uh business books i read that that had a big impact on me was a book by andy grove and it was called only the paranoid survive um great book and the you know the title of the book kind of implies the lesson of it right if you yeah. You can never rest, you, you know, even right. if you're amidst the greatest success, you know, from a measurable standpoint, um, you, I think you have to behave every day as though you don't know where your next meal is coming from. Um, and, you know, growth requires that and uh, productive growth requires that. And so hopefully I've I've put some of that attitude in, into my, my daily work and, and the way that I project myself to customers, vendors and employees. Absolutely. You mentioned a, a leader there that you've read a book about and brings me to a question that, you know, I have on um, on a topic that I always ask is, are there any other specific books or podcasts that you've read or listened to in, in you know, your time as a leader that have helped form your leadership style or leadership qualities other than the book by uh, Andy? Yeah, again, a very <laughs> a broad, broad question that um, there have been so many. Um, I mean, podcasts, uh, I, fr quite frankly, I, I listen to Joe Rogan a lot, and th that has not much to do with business, but <laughs> Joe's kind of a modern-day 2020 philosopher, for lack of a yep. better word, and covering a whole range of topics, including humor, politics, that type of thing, but uh, neither here nor there. There's, a, there's some guys out of New Hampshire that I follow. They're actually an economic think tank. They're called ITR the Institute for Trend Research, um, twin brothers, uh, the, the Bolio brothers, Brian and Alan Bolio, um, very applicable. Um, these guys are not uh, Monday morning quarterback economists. Um, they're, they're out there putting, they're putting their thoughts out there ahead of time saying, here are the trends we're seeing as the name of their company implies, they believe in trends and everything over time, everything goes like this. It, it, it swings up and it swings down and what to do where we are now and what to do. Those guys, I, I, I pay close attention to. And the last one I'd mentioned, Brian, is um, again, the late nineties, uh, a book came out by a gentleman named uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. And uh, he came out with a, a very short book. And again, it has business applications. It's not a business book per se, but it's called the four agreements. And, uh, I actually have a copy of the four agreements right here above my desk every day. And it's a it's a very simple, concise, uh, but well-informed way to approach business and life, I think. Awesome. Yeah. You mentioned Joe Rogan. I um, I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, some episodes are, are better than others. Uh, but Absolutely. what I find what I find interesting about his podcast is he has a variety of guests on there from to your point, ranging from humor to politics to business. Mm -hmm. Um 
And so it's always very interesting to listen to his podcast. He's the number one podcaster actually on Apple iTunes today. Um, he just did a nice. And, he just did a very nice deal with Spotify. So he he starts uh, September one exclusively on Spotify. I think they paid him a hundred million dollars. Yeah, I was gonna. I, well, I was gonna say. I I gotta imagine it was large because his following is yeah. is huge. Uh, my brother-in-law is a big podcaster as well, and um, he he loves his show as well. So, but I think it's important for you know for our listeners and for us to know that there's. There's out, there's um, resources out there for us to um, develop uh, better qualities or styles when it comes to leadership, whether that be podcasts or that be books. And I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that you got to continue to be a, a student of leadership um, and you got to continue to whether it's read or listen or watch or whatever it is to help yeah. um, get insight into the leadership, because it, you don't don't just wake up one day and be a leader. There's a there's a journey to oh. get there. Um, and leaders, all those leaders things are made. Yeah, leaders are made. They're rarely born. There are exceptions. Uh, some leaders are born, um, but most of the leaders that you see out there, especially in the business context, those leaders have been made, and it's been uh, trial and error and a lot of hard work uh, and intentionality. Absolutely, absolutely, and yeah. I, that's a great point. Tell me this: do you, Did you have a mentor along the way, or, or where did you learn to become a leader outside of these books and podcasts that we've talked about? Yeah, you know my. Uh, uh, like a lot of people, you know, the people obviously that we grow up around, um, we learn the most from early on. Um, both my parents were very supportive. Um, you know, when I think of CEOs, um, the first the first name that pops into my head is Herb Kelleher. Herb Kelleher was the founder of Southwest Airlines. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I have a little vignette of Herb back on the wall back there talking about kind of his governing principles when it comes to uh, how to run an organization. Um, and something about him appealed to me. He was very straightforward, very transparent, and uh, uh, kind of a, for lack of a better description, kind of a no-nonsense approach to, you know, running a quality organization. And Herb understood and was one of the first guys to make, uh, to frame it the way he did, that, you know, your organization is as strong as your people. It's that simple. Uh, You can have the, you know, the best executive team in the world, but if the people who are getting the work done, if the people who are, uh, you know, pushing the stone up the hill every day uh, aren't on board, if the, if the culture is not congruent with the with the mission and and everything that's trying to to happen in the business, it won't be effective. Um, but uh, Her, Herb is an ins- inspirational guy and a, and a and a quirky and funny uh, personality as well. Absolutely, I. I... Uh, I'm a big fan of Southwest Airlines. I'm a big fan of Herb. Um, it, the the whole premise of empowering your people and um, your people make the company great, I think couldn't be more true. Um, I'm a firm believer in that. In that, and I think that's that's a great share for for our listeners as as well. Um, and and he's got a great some great literature out there about him that I would I would highly suggest anybody reads. So for sure. Uh, Last question I always ask my my guest on my show is for the people that are listening, if you just had one piece of advice to leave them with today, what would that piece of advice be? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's like business is like life itself. It, it, it's a balancing act. And um, it's my belief that people want leaders to be uh, assertive. They want leaders to be resolute. Um, you know, not everything, unfortunately, can be done by committee. Um, democracy is a great concept, but uh, sometimes uh, decisions have to be made, and that's balanced with uh, being flexible, 
being collaborative, um, and at least again back to the word I used earlier, psychologically, you know, letting people know. And, and this is genuine, by the way. It has to be real because people will know if it's not real right. um, that, that their input matters. Um, you know, and so you build your internal culture and your systems around uh, getting feedback from people, even if you as a leader don't actually utilize that that specific feedback on, on, on whatever given subject it is. It's important to go through the process and let everyone know that, you know, the, the folks at the top of the organization are listening. And uh, and and hopefully most of the time or part of the time, we, you know, we are directly using the impact uh, or excuse me, the input that comes back from them. Absolutely. No, I think that's that's great advice. Um, you know, I, I think the, the biggest thing I pulled out of this podcast in this episode today was a couple things. But, you know, leaders are, are not born, they're made. And I think that that hits home to a lot of what I talk about on this show is you have to be a student of leadership. You cannot just wake up one day and be the CEO of, of Sotel Systems. It's a journey to get there and you have to be a student student to get to that spot. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Jim, on behalf of STL Leaders, I appreciate you taking the time today to to give me and our, our guest um, some solid advice on leadership. I, it was, I was well informed and I, I really appreciate your time. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me and, and good luck to you. I, I love what you're doing here with the podcast and I hope that it uh, continues to be popular and successful. Thank you very much, sir. All right. Thanks, Brian.